0: i working on it though. <laughs> I have an invention. Yeah? A containment. No. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, it's good to have you with us today. Can look, there's someone back in Arkansas way up in the you camera. Can, can see you that. see that? Yeah. yeah. Hi guys in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating. Where do you think is the farthest this image goes tonight?
1: Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness? Well. Well. Let's see, we've got in South Korea.
0: Day. We've um,
1: around got the world. Italy,
0: yeah, we're all around the world. It's, it's really kind of fun, yeah. and we want to welcome you all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderful to have you with us. So today, we're, we're very happy to welcome many of our school administrators from all over the US here with us, and welcome. Uh, we're having a two-day conference, and mm-hmm. uh, they're learning about Acellus Gold and a lot of other things. Would like to welcome all of them. So, we
1: have questions already. We have
0: questions already. Mm -hmm. All right, what are they?
1: So this one is from um, Bella.
0: You know what? In Michigan. Skip that one.
1: No, 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 no. So I'm just going to read it because this is what. what? You just give it to me. I think I
0: should give you a question.
1: (laughs) No, this one starts out, Mr. Billings. What would you Dr. say? Dr. Paget, <laughs> in
0: you you say? your opinion, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, ladies after gentlemen.
1: The ladies get to choose when, when and how, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Billings, what Coach, would you Coach. say was the turning point in your life that guided you into the success you have today? And how did you place yourself at the birth of the computer? We want
0: to know. Did you make that up? Is that no? It's from Michigan. I have
1: your idea. From Michigan. Everything. Okay. Yeah.
0: Good. Well, those are very profound questions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have very fond memories. Uh, many, many more memories than I've been able to share so far about how the uh, modern personal computer era began. Uh, I'm grateful that. Uh, very, very early on, when I, when I heard about the first microprocessor, a single chip that really had the power of a computer in it, I realized, okay, game changer. Everything's going to be different. The world's going to be different. Everybody's going to have their own personal computer. And I immediately, in my inventionary way, tried to figure out, so how is this going to go together? How can it work? And the problem that challenged me in the very beginning was, how can the whole world share access to the same information? And that was a really tough technical problem Mm -hmm. back in the 1970s, because we'd never seen anything like that before. And I was glad that I was able to be involved. And and I I still have a lot of stories to share about the Mm -hmm. early days. but it's, uh, I, I think the best way to answer that question is to kind of get into the, the concept, the how-to concept of inventioneering. How do you really make an invention, an invention that will really have an impact? I noticed two times tonight, uh, Tobias talked about uh, an invention like the water microphone, mm-hmm. but that didn't take off. You hear me say that? And then he talked about another one. That didn't take off. And then Edison came in, and it took off. Edison was the first inventioneer, according to me. Now, remember, I'm mentored by Lear, who was mentored by Edison. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that Edison didn't do is he didn't call it inventioneering. (laughs) But he sure did it. (laughs) He invented how to do it, and so I gave it a name so that it'd be easy to talk about. Thomas Edison took a light bulb that had been around and said, this is a really, really good idea. And he worked very hard to figure out how to make it last, stay lit for more than a few minutes before it burned out. And then he figured out how to get wires, how to get a generator, how to light up a whole city. That's inventionary. That's where you do the whole system. You make something practical that will take off. Without some of the principles of invention, of inventionering, it's like you invent an airplane. It's really nicer, but it has reclining seats. It's for safety. It's got all of <laughs> those things that airplanes have, except it doesn't have wings. And Tobias would say, "Well, that'll never take off."
1: <laughs> 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 Tobias and would say and that. he's
0: right. You know, he's always right. So I think it's interesting to figure out how to come up with an idea. That's easy. But how to then come up with an idea that has wings? Mm-hmm. And to try to just say, well, you do it like A, B, C, D. Um, I don't know how to do that. But what I do know how to do is I know how to walk you through the experience of a specific example okay. and, and show you how, how it actually happened. And I think that's the way that unravels this. And by showing you this, by kind of taking you on this adventure tonight, I hope that I am launching a lot of you on a path of making your own inventions that really take off. Inventions that don't really take off aren't that valuable. I've made some of those. I don't talk about that. Well, the reason I why not. I
1: look at you like that is because Tyler... It was Brown kind of a look, wasn't it? You <laughs> see that? Yeah. Well, it's like you could read what some of these students were thinking. Uh, he said, what was the best reading. lesson you learned from a failed invention? <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> I think they really are listening.
0: Don't make it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Edison, mm. when criticized for all of his failures, he said, uh, look how many times you failed. And he said, I didn't fail. He said look at all of the ways I discovered that don't work. That's
1: yeah. mm-hmm. a way that's, to look at point it, of view. it.
0: But I would like to, to go through a particular invention. This is one that actually ended up in two patents being granted by the US Patent Office. And it's kind of a, an important invention in so many ways. It was the founding invention behind the Wideband company that I started. Um, Bill Lear used to tell me there are two ways to start or create a new company. One is, have so much money you can just buy your way into the business, which I never suffered from. (laughs) And he says the other way is have a technology that's an order of magnitude. That means ten times better than what other people are doing. And you'll just take right off if you have that technology. So I've used that method. I try to develop a technology that's so far advanced that people will want it, not because it's on the television being advertised, because it works, and it works well. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, um, there's a story, and I'd like you to understand the context, but then towards the end of this story, I want to see how many of you can actually understand the invention. And I think that if you, you go through this, you see the need, you see how it developed, and then you see what was the invention that make it, made it work, I think many of you are going to be surprised because you're going to say, I could have figured that out. That's something I could have invented. And you know what? You're right. And once you see that and you see how it got set up so that it could be invented, then you know the secret on how to do it. All right?
1: You can tell us the secret.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be coaxed a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You win. Okay, so your flask blew up, and we'll move right forward. Yes. Okay. I actually, I just popped your cork.
1: <laughs> right. So exciting.
0: So here mm-hmm. is the challenge. <clears throat> To to understand the problem, we have to learn a little bit of technology. And there's the first principle that that we have to deal with. If you're going to invent something, you have to learn about the technology. You you can't guess. You have to know what you're talking about, especially if you're going to invent something better. And that takes effort. Uh, I call it research. In this case, literature research. When I did this particular invention, the internet was just starting to get kicked off. Nowadays, this research is so enjoyable. You can sit down and have the information right at your fingertips like never before in the history of the world. That means this is the day of inventionering. and we should all be making inventions. And a lot more people are. So I want to go back and lay a little bit of the foundation of the problem. Okay, I have here a wide wideband. That means my company's networking system. A box like this sets inside the the building of many corporations, schools, and so forth, and they hook up wires. This particular device has connections, places where you plug in fiber optic cables that carry the data. And so you've got a lot of ports. In this case, uh, there's 24 ports. And this is a a product we manufacture. This is what it looks like inside. It's a circuit board, uh, a chip that we designed, and all of these parts put together to be able to do this function. So now, when I came into this, uh, this field, we had a network appliance that we called a hub and we had a network appliance we called a switch. And the switch was the newer breakthrough technology because when you would send data in through a wire to these different ports, the switch would figure out where that data needed to go and would only send it out on the port going to the destination computer. And so that meant it could handle a lot more traffic, okay? And to really get into the problem here, you need to understand how a switch works. And you know, if you can dig past all of the jargon, all of the words they make up to (coughs) describe new things, it's really not that complicated. So we'll try and do that. But here's the problem. It took about (laughs) 1,000 times longer for a switch to go in, or uh, for a packet of data to go into a switch and then come out the other side to go to the next computer, it it w- took one thousand times more time than some applications required. In other w- words, they needed to operate one thousand times faster. And I'd like to be very specific about this. Um, the United States Department of Defense contacted me and told me that they have a problem because they were making a defensive weapons system. And this weapons system was to protect a city from incoming missiles. So if someone shot a missile, what they wanted to do was be able to shoot a missile back at it and blow it up before it came in and did damage. But the problem was the the movement of data between the parts of the missile, the computer in the missile, were only 1,000th as fast as they needed to actually hit the incoming missile. So most of the missiles were getting through, and they wanted to try and, if one missile gets through, then there's gonna be damage and and even suffering. So the idea is we've gotta stop these incoming missiles you need to make it a thousand times faster. And that was a thousand times faster than what they call cut-through switches, which were already a hundred times faster than a normal switch. And so I said, well, let me think about it. They said they would give us a really nice contract to to develop one if, if we could figure out how to do it. But no one seemed to have an idea even on how it could be done. Now, to understand this, I want to give you just a little quick background on on how networks work. And I'm going to do that with my my whiteboard and my pen, Okay, okay? Because it is kind of interesting. So if we can get this here, I'm going to draw a little cloud. And I'm going to call this a local area network or a lan a lan would be the network inside of a building and usually the lan is a central appliance like a switch with wires going out to all the computers in the building and they share information now on a lan and let me let me draw a second lan over here so this is a lan in another building okay and so on the land, there is a box called a router. And over here, there's a box called a router. And if the destination you're trying to send the data to is on the other land, then it goes from one router to the other router over a thing called the World Wide Web or the internet. So I'll put a big eye here the protocol of sending data, the way they send data over the internet is different than the way they send it over the local area network. Uh, For techie guys, this is called a layer two network. This is called a layer three network. This uses IP addresses for those that know what that means. Some of you have seen the addresses you set up when you're talking to the internet and it's it's something like uh, 192.168.1.10 that would be an IP address would be used on the internet. But in the LAN, we don't use that. Instead, we use the MAC address. And MAC stands for the media access layer of the network. And so every single device that is going to plug into a local area network has a chip in it that has an address, it's called the MAC address. And in order to be able to get address, if you're gonna make this kind of equipment, you have to register with the agency that manages those, and they give you a range of addresses that you can give out in your product. We got one of those for Wideband, and we give out these MAC addresses. And so this is how it works. This is where we're gonna get kind of techy. Now, I had to learn all of this to be able to think about an invention. I had to understand, why is there a problem? And it turned out, the problem is the train.
1: That's true. The train. (laughs) Can you you see this train, Mm -hmm. this cute little
0: train that I just drew here? Mm -hmm. When we send data from one computer to another, we load the data up in a train, a train of data, and send the train across the network. And we call those trains, these little series of of pieces of data, packets. So we send it in a packet. A normal packet has about 2,000 bytes in it. So it's quite a bit of data. We have jumbo packets that are bigger, but normally about 2,000 packets are inside this train. At the beginning of the train, we have a header. And the header, first of all, has the destination right right here. The first thing we send is an address. An address, of course, is a number. Remember that MAC address I told you about? Every computer has its own MAC address, which is built into their network hardware. If they used a wideband board, they got that number from the board they bought from us, okay? So every computer had a MAC address. So at the front of your packet, the first thing you put is the destination address and and so it goes out first the next thing that you put in is your address who's sending it and then you put in the checksum and then you do all of these, uh, these different things in this packet uh, and finally the end of packet and, and, and you shoot it out over the network well when this packet comes over the local area network wire and comes into the switch The switch has to receive the packet, and then it has to open it up and say, okay, let's see, this is going to destination address right here. And then you have to figure out which port to send it out. But you can't read this packet until you receive it. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is, when this packet's coming in, you have to wait for the whole train to come into the station before you can see where to send it. And that takes a lot of time, and that's the reason that they're stuck in here too long, and they're not getting out fast enough to control the, the defensive rocket to, to stop the incoming destructive rocket. I making sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did everybody follow that so far?
1: Probably a little bit. So you have,
0: <laughs> you have a whole series of numbers that you hook together in a train, and you shoot it from one computer to the other. It goes through the network, and it comes into the switch in the middle, Mm -hmm. and the switch has to decide which wire to send it out to based on where your computer is with that MAC address. And so the switch has to read the packet, has to decode it, open it up, see what the destination address is, and then it can send it. But getting this whole packet in, opening it up, takes a lot of time in terms of the network. How long it takes before a packet from when a packet starts to arrive until it starts going out to the destination, scientists call the latency of the device. How long does it take? And, and usually it'd take, oh maybe 10,000 uh, microseconds or 10,000 millionths of a second, mm-hmm. which was just too long for what the Department of Defense was trying to do. So I'm looking at this and I needed an invention. Can you see one?
1: <laughs>
0: is there an invention that we could make right here that would allow us to make this device right here, which, by the way, solved the problem? So we need to make the amount of time it takes from when the packet starts arriving until it goes, 1,000th of what it is on the commercial products available. So how do you do it? And this could offend some parents, but the way I say we do it is we cheat.
1: <laughs> cheat. We
0: cheat, and you—if you're going to have an invention, you have to come up with a new and hopefully better way to do it, or are you going to have the same old thing? And so everybody knows this is how it's got to be. This is the way it is. This is the standard. You've got to do this. If you don't do this, it won't work. I said, well. That's not working.
1: <laughs> there's got to be a different word than so she. though. yeah,
0: well I know. And, and <laughs> if I had a good social teacher, <laughs> that teacher would say, "Dear student, I'd like to teach you a new word. What what am I going to call it?"
1: You'd have to make a new inventionary thing.
0: Like be creative. I'd be creative. Okay, okay. (laughs) So don't cheat. No. It has a bad connotation, it'll get you marked down in Page's social class. (laughs) So let's just say you've got to get creative. I like that. Is that good?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I have been socialized, (laughs) which is just great. So I want you now to see if you can understand my invention. Okay. And if you do understand it, you can say, I could have done that. Okay. But I don't think I could have done it, and you probably could have done it either, if you didn't take time to learn what was causing the problem. The problem is they're sending the data in these chains. It's got a destination MAC address, so the switch will know where to send it. Right. But it's too slow. we got to get it out fast. So I said, well, we don't have time to receive that whole packet. By the time the packet's about that far in, we want to be sending it out. So we, we don't have time to decode all of this. So I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take this packet, and as soon as the very first part of the packet comes in, I will start sending it out before we have time to read anything. I'll just start sending it out right now. I could be a thousand times faster because <laughs> I wouldn't have to wait for it to come in. Okay. And they says, well, uh, hello <laughs> where are you going to send it yeah. which port are you going to send it you don't know where it's going because you haven't decoded it yet right. and that's why they do it the way they do because you've got to know where to send it and I said I will send it to all the ports
1: <laughs> to all of them
0: to all the ports yeah just because I don't know where it goes so I'll send it to everybody and they said well that's not going to work I said, why not? Because it's not for everybody. It's just for one computer. And I said, well, over at the computer, when I make my program to receive it, I will only receive it if it's to me. If it doesn't match my MAC address, I'll just throw it away. The wire won't mind. It'll carry the electrons just fine. <laughs> okay. And I said, you rethink really think that'll work? I, said, I know it will. Why wouldn't it work? Why wouldn't it work? Why wouldn't it work? So, here it is. Here's the board that as soon as this thing just starts to come in, we send it out to everybody. And then it turns out that when computers receive packets from the network, they always check to see if they're to them anyway. And if they're not, they throw them away. Didn't have to do anything.
1: You think just like one. Yeah,
0: I think just like
1: what <laughs>
0: could you give me some something you to drink want some water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're used to it, aren't we guys this This is how I learned to be social, okay, so it immediately was sent out to everyone, and so when they hooked this up and they started testing it and and we did build it, we had to make a custom chip to be able to do it as fast as we wanted to because they said, we want it, when it arrives, we want it to be going out to the next computer within 25 billionths of a second. We don't even know what that number is. That is so short, Mm -hmm. 25 billionths of a second. And so we had to make special silicon. This chip was actually designed by Dr. John. He may seem like an innocent, nice guy, he's actually extremely brilliant. There are very few people on this good planet Earth Mm -hmm. that can design a chip like that. Uh, I have to tell you a little quick story about our ability to design that chip. We design chips in a language called Verilog. Verilog is a a language that is, is just for that purpose, and very few people know how to do it. When I wanted to start designing wideband equipment and making my own chips in Verilog, I didn't know how to do it, and I couldn't find anybody. I couldn't hire anybody that knew how to do it. They're just they're so few in such a big demand. Finally, I found a professor at a university over in Tel Aviv, Dr. benache that knew how to do it, and he wanted a sabbatical. He said, come to Kansas City. <laughs> and so we invited him to come here, and he brought with us this technology, or he brought with him the technology, and he, he trained our people, and that's how John was able to learn this very, very advanced art. Um, about a year later, there was a, a student that applied to go to IST, you know, our university here, and by the way, I'm going to be talking a lot more about IST because we're getting a lot of qu- questions from yeah. parents. So I'm getting ready to tell about IST. But this student was an Israeli. He had a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. He wanted to get his master's at IST, and he wanted to learn how to design chips, filled programmable gate arrays with Verilog. And uh, so we brought him over, and he started school about the middle of September, and we started training him on how to design these chips, how to design the chips. Well, when Christmas came, we took our Christmas break, took a week off for the holidays. He rented a car, and he drove to California because he wanted to visit Disneyland. On January 2nd, he called me on the phone. He said, I'm not coming back. And I said, hey, you're only one quarter through your... It's a two-year program. You're only one quarter through your three-year degree. He said, I don't care. I said, what do you mean you don't care? He said, I just got a job. (laughs) You got a job? Yeah, NEC hired me to design chips with Verilog. And I said, you only got the first few chapters. And he said, they gave me a $100,000 signing
1: bonus.
0: (laughs) It's interesting. When you know how to do something that's in demand, it's really valuable. Well, (laughs) Don't tell John this story. I don't want him him going to Disneyland. But at any rate, it was exciting. We had to create the chip. We had to build the circuit board. This was built on our little robot machines right here, which our students get to learn how to run. And we delivered it to the United States Department of Defense. They tested it. And the latency wasn't 25 billionths of a second. It was 19. And they were very impressed. Were. They were very impressed. So, yeah. when I, uh, they, they can't tell us all the things they're doing with it because almost everything they do is confidential, top secret. But when I, I see missiles being shot around and someone's knocking them down so they don't hurt anybody, I just want to hug Dr. Benache and Dr. John and people that were able to do this kind of technology. But now, let's back up to, so what was the invention? The invention was, you don't have time to load this whole train, but you have to. Well, having to doesn't work, it's too slow. So I said, well, then there's gotta be a way to do it without loading the whole train. And I said, well, if you don't decode the destination address, you don't know where to send it. And I said, well, then I'll send it to everybody. Seems kind of crazy, doesn't it? It
1: does. It really does.
0: That patent, those two patents actually, have been very valuable for us. Uh, Cisco has made two attempts to acquire that patent. Uh, And and what is the idea? The idea is when a packet starts coming in, just start sending it to everybody. And it's a really valuable patent. How did you know
1: it would work?
0: Because I knew that if we sent it to everybody, whoever needed it would get it.
1: And, it went slow and I also
0: down. knew that that was the only way that we could send it out in 25 billionths of a second. Mm-hmm. You didn't have time to read this. In 25 billionths of a second, you just get a couple of bites. You don't have time to know where it's going to go. So in many of the things that I've done, I've just given you my secret formula. First of all, you find a problem that needs to be solved and then you dig in and understand how the system works and why the, the problem is there. When you kind of understand what's going on, then you can say, well, then how will I not cheat, but cheat the system <laughs> to make it work? How will I make it do what I want it to do? And then lo and behold, you worked mighty hard to build it and prove that it works. And there it is. And it turned out being a patent, and it turned out to be a very viable patent. Uh, Every single lesson that you watch on Acellus, and even Science Live tonight, is going through that chip. And that makes our data centers very fast and secure. And uh, bravo to Dr. John. And uh, where's uh, Mr. Merkley? Um, he's not here. Oh, there, no, the not other him. Merkley. Yeah. yeah, well, we have a, a another graduate from IST called Josh Merkley that designed this very, very, very high-performance circuit board. And the traces on this board are so high, they don't want to follow the wires. They want to go off into space. And he had to do some magical things to keep them on the board. And it's fun to do stuff at the cutting edge of mankind's ability. And that's what IST is about. Uh, we, We like to attract students that want to make a difference. And when I bring someone in, I have this little speech I give them, and I say, okay, there's probably about seven or eight people that are really highly respected as the experts in this field. I would like to challenge you to become one of them. I want you to become... A recognized leader in your field. Mm-hmm. And, and I really mean it. And they soon find that out, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So what is that?
0: Uh, this is a Wigan. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see a picture of the Wigan?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to see Let, let's, let's see if we can one.
0: find <laughs> a real picture of the Wigan. Wigan that stands for Wideband day. Gigabit Network Demonstrator. And look at this yeah. picture. There it is in life. And who's that? That
1: was a student back there.
0: Can we zoom in that? on that person? And and look at that hand gesture.
1: I'm showing That's great style.
0: Uh-huh. This is get... Dr. Doctor... No, this is no doctor. No doctor. This <laughs> is Peje <Page laughs> Monet, the student that says, I can't do math. There she is. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So let's look at the display. Maybe we could have you come over and just, <laughs> yeah. I could. But look at this. When we got this thing working, and it was starting to send these wideband packets out at very high speed, the, the people that didn't believe we could do this said, well, it will not go over regular wire. You have to rewire your whole building, put special cabling. And then I said, well, no, it'll work over the regular, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. So we built, this is a piece of a wall. These are 2 by like in a wall. And we put wires in it, like the wires for networking are in a wall. But then, you can see, you plug your cable in here, the wire goes in, and it splits out and goes through four pairs of barbed wire. Yeah. You see? Everybody knows that a computer signal will not go through barbed wire. And so I took this to the computer conference and I was playing perfect video through it. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at it and how do you do that? And one guy looked at that and he says, wow! And it's got a bonus feature too. And I said, what's that? And he mm-hmm. says, security! Barbed wire! <laughs> <laughs> Which of course it didn't. <laughs> but another thing that's interesting is the wire that we use for networks is called was then called Category 5. Now we have Category 6 and 7. But Before category five for computers, there was category four for telephones, just regular telephones. We showed them it can even go over telephone wire. And then, you know, when they're installing these wires, unfortunately, the installers always put a nail right through the wire, which ruins everything. So we did that too and showed them with the nail, with Cat3, with barbed wire, it still works. Uh, by the way, we worked awfully hard to get it so it would work we did.
1: through all of those. <laughs> we did.
0: But it would uh, work over uh, all wires. I had uh, people that make networking cables send me 100-meter rolls of their cables so we could test it to make sure it would work with wideband, because everybody wanted wideband cable. And every cable we tested worked. That's true. Which was good. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. So you can do it. Can you see? All you got to do is say, look, the reason that's so slow is you're waiting for that train to come into the station. Don't wait. Send it to everybody. <laughs> you could have had that idea, mm-hmm. and you will. And that's the whole idea of learning about technology and how to make a difference. So we'll see you next time. Till then, study hard like your life depends on it, because it does. Mm-hmm. See you. Thanks. <laughs>